You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. embarrassed four white guys doing a review for this movie judas and the black messiah about one of the most important black panthers and just civil rights leaders who ever lived and was assassinated you know a black guy and here we are four white guys going well you know i don't know (laughs) we all would have been part of the rainbow coalition right the beige rainbow (laughs) i wonder what four white guys think of this movie well Here it is anyway, our review for Judas and the Black Messiah. And the other three white guys joining me, Chris, are Alexander. Hi there. Ryan. What's going on? And Elliot. Yo. So yeah, this was a HBO drop. This was definitely originally supposed to get a big theatrical release through Warner Brothers. There's no question when you see it, you go, oh yeah, they knew this sucker had awards written all over it. But the question is, does it have a chance in this odd year where the Oscars have pushed back their acceptance dates to the end of February? So this is just barely making it into the line for consideration for the Oscars, which will be in April. Is that going to change the way people feel? Is it going to increase its chances? I don't know. A lot of people have different opinions about that, but we're here to talk about the movie itself. Directed by Shaka King, who is certainly not a person I would have expected a movie, I would argue, this profound from considering that his only other feature film was called Newlyweeds, a stoner comedy in 2013. This is taking the great Daniel Kaluuya but is quickly becoming one of the most impressive young actors today. He plays real-life civil rights leader Fred Hampton, who is the Black Messiah of the title. He was, in the late 1960s, one of the leaders of the Black Panther Party in Chicago. He was somebody who really spoke out, like, while it's important for us not to trust what anybody is telling us from the white world, it's also important for us to take care of our community first. That's the most important thing. We need to feed them. We need to clothe them. We need to make sure everybody's getting medicine. I mean, we're not a gang, people. We're here to help the people in our community. And this, of course, scared the living shit out of the fucking FBI. They're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, this is the kind of guy people actually gather around. (laughs) Oh, no. And sure enough, people were gathering around him and not just black people either. He even got fucking racists to come up behind him. (laughs) I mean, this is who this guy was. He's like, they want to fuck all of us. Meanwhile, he's not even technically the main character in this film. The main character is the titular Judas, William O'Neill, played by Lakeith Stanfeld, who was just kind of a local scumbag, a teenager petty criminal who gets arrested by the FBI. The character who deals with him, played by Jesse Plemons, who is like, look, his scam was pretending to be a police officer, which carries quite the charge for it. Uh, Jail time. He's like, look, I can let you go to jail or you work with me and basically infiltrate the Black Panthers. You can see he starts to believe in what the Black Panthers and what Fred is teaching, but at the same time, he never sways from knowing that, you know, I mean, it's him first. He ain't going to jail. He's going to betray him, which makes for a fascinating 
dichotomy for a character. Just like in Sorry to Bother You, Lakeith Stanfield plays a guy whose acts of capitalistic self-preservation undermine a socialist revolution. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, but that, that's, I didn't realize he was typecast. It's a pretty specific type. Yeah, there's a narrow field of roles available for him there, I think. What I loved about this so much was that although it's a movie about a really important subject that some people might want to incorrectly just call like Oscar Beatty, or it succeeds just in its own genre convention in and of itself, while also being like a really powerful vehicle for the message that it is trying to get across, which is just teaching the masses and people who don't know about the Black Panthers a little bit more about them and not just showing them as this monolithic evil thing that some people incorrectly believe that they were. And what's crazy is learning about this and learning about Shaka King writing this and directing it. I read in an interview, 70% of the information that's out there about the Black Panthers is written by the FBI. Even so, there's also other presentations of them that show them as these completely cuddly types. And you're like, they were not that either. I like that this movie never feels like you're getting this like soft lens version of who they were. They were ready to take their guns out and start shooting motherfuckers if it came down to it. And it presents that side of them as well. This movie, it's not completely historically accurate. I'll admit I come to this movie with a, a bit of a lens. I'm very much in line with Fred Hampton's ideas. For the most part, I had to put that aside for this movie, even though I think this movie succeeds not in spite of that, because I, I don't think any of that really detracted from the film enough for me to dislike it on those grounds. You mean but for not being historically accurate? For not being historically accurate. I don't know. I think this was a great movie. You know, we talk about Oscar bait, and I think that term always has pejorative connotations. A lot of Oscar movies are movies that have a wide appeal, and this is definitely talking about something important i think i think oscar bait is sort of a pejorative for movies that are overly grandiose this is in many ways the opposite of green book i, I don't think i'm the first to say that yeah i don't know this movie looks amazing i, I think lakeith stanfield and daniel kaluuya are two early entrants for best actor and supporting actor nominees although i would wonder if they both qualify as best actor i mean kaluuya is in here just barely less than lakeith stanfield is it really is the william o'neill story I, th I think stanfield gets the main as well dominique fishback who plays deborah johnson who is eventually fred hampton's partner and mother of his child she's terrific here and she could she very well incredible. get a best supporting actress not she had me in tears during the scene where fred hampton gets out of prison and holds that rally and gives an incredibly powerful speech and in the middle of it she has this moment of realization that this man's movement is so much bigger than he is like it like washes over her face it's amazing i think there are several moments like that that don't require dialogue to get across the things happening to the characters there it does in fact not tell us it shows us with character development which is so rare these people as they change as the story goes along because of the events happening around them especially lakeith stanfeld who despite he's got to keep going forward is definitely someone who is fighting changes there's just all this stuff washing at him and he's like nope 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 <laughs> i ain't going to jail and that's where this film i think succeeds the most is through the performances there's a 
a really great scene that I really would have loved to see in a theater where Hampton and the Panthers are meeting with, I believe it's the Young Lords who are another... The Young Lords of Puerto Rican. But they're meeting with them in like a warehouse or something, but the lighting and the staging of it is really cool. Lakeith Stanfield's character, uh, William O'Neill, sees another character that he's interacted with before and sort of has to hide, and there's this sort of wordless, almost wordless conversation going on that was really effective to me. That was one of the moments that really kind of took my breath away in this film. I bet you almost everyone who watched this movie, the moment the credits started roll, picked up their phone, went on Wikipedia and looked up Fred Hampton's and was like, so what was real? What wasn't here? Because this is pretty intense. You know, we all know the story of Malcolm X. We all know the story of Martin Luther King Jr. Most of us don't know the story of Fred Hampton's. And this is just as moving and powerful and disturbing a tale. And in some ways, just that we know as much as we do about FBI actually actively being involved as opposed to Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr., where it's still all, we assume they were involved, right? But we don't really know. <laughs> this one's like, right. yeah, they actually had to pay. And I read I read it in an interview that in order to get this made, they kind of had to make it the William O'Neill story and not the Fred Hampton story and sort of launder the Fred Hampton story through the William O'Neill story, which is an interesting context there. Was that because of Fred Hampton's estate or? No, just I think because of the Hollywood system afraid to really sort of center somebody like Fred Hampton. Definitely an interesting angle to take on it. It made it feel less like a, a hagiography and more like an interesting layered film by taking him one step removed, even though the story ultimately is really about him and his movement. I'm still baffled that the FBI decided that at the age of 19, Fred Hampton was a danger to the whole country. I'm 50 and no one has ever declared me a danger to my like immediate neighborhood. So I, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, Shaka King does a really good job with the actors as a director, and I think that's very important. I don't think this is a super showy film in terms of direction, but not every great directed film has to be either. I think really a film that's done with this much emotion in it kind of is more important to just keep focused on people's faces. And that's exactly what King does through most of this. And it's a great effect here as well. I got to call it the score, which is just tremendously good here by Mark Isham, who's a longtime old Hollywood hand at doing scores. He's all the way back to like Point Break and The Hitcher. Uh, and then Craig Harris, who is a jazz trombonist who worked with Sun Ra and his orchestra for most of his career. And you can tell that's the guy who had a lot of the effect on this score because it's this crazy acid jazz ensemble that genuinely plays into the emotion of the film in a way that's sometimes really moving and sometimes very like discordant in a way that keeps you off your feet in exactly the right way as such an early film in shaka king's career like the fact that this is his first big studio movie and it's as like strong as it is and although it isn't very showy like there are some really amazing scenes like the opening scene this is also partially credit to the cinematographer sean bobbitt who worked on shame place beyond the pines just like this amazing like one take shot at the very beginning it really feels like it's coming from a more like seasoned filmmaker and that really does make me excited to see what he's going to do next and the fact that he took this on with so much adversity and so much pressure from so many different sides like even even his movie newlyweeds which i read about he kind of dealt with 
a lot of difficulty getting it distributed from any studio whatsoever or like making its money back. And this, he kind of dealt with the same thing in a way, went to all these different studios and just could not find anyone to take it. And WB finally did. And although like, I think you mentioned this, Elliot, but it's not totally historically accurate. And they kind of had to shave off some of the edges at a couple different points, especially in regards to William O'Neill, who was probably portrayed more sympathetically than he was in real life they allowed fred hampton jr to be on set for a lot of it and he consulted them for a a lot of this stuff and even if this is just a bridge for more mainstream audiences to learn a little bit more about this i think that's a cool thing uh once you go right into your final thoughts there ryan i really 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 love this i hope it gets recognition at the oscars and i i, I think it absolutely will like we've already talked about the performances which are great score is incredible i think the direction it really does feel like it's something from a more seasoned director i know that in a lot of interviews shaka king has talked about being very influenced by martin scorsese and spike lee and i think that that's just a perfect description of what this feels like you should absolutely watch this i'm gonna give it nine out of ten shady horrible fbi agents alexander i also loved this movie this movie carried a momentum that obviously Fred Hampton had until someone decided that it could cause change and they they squashed it. I'm glad that this is finally being told and that everyone is going to learn about a really important part of our history and what it could have been and how we can move forward from that. Yeah, like you said about the score, that score had me on my edge or in goosebumps at different times. Yeah, I'm going to have to give this nine highs out of ten off the people. Okay, you commie bastard, Elliot. It's your turn. <laughs> I came super close to loving this movie. I really, really like this movie. A really amazing movie from a first-time director. This is very Scorsese. It's very Spike Lee. Those are both compliments. I think there's about 10 to 15% in the middle where it kind of slides into latter-day Ridley Scott and kind of drags and is a little bit boring, but it's kind of a breather for what comes because the last third of this movie is really fucking heavy and it's gonna, really gonna land on you uh, unless you're a white supremacist. And then it'll land on you in a totally different way <laughs> we've talked about the acting but no one mentioned jesse plemons probably one of the top three working actors today i think he's absolutely incredible another dynamite performance from him martin sheen comes in i feel like his casting must have been intentional he's kind of playing an inverted version of josiah bartlett that drove me up the wall elliot i gotta be honest because i'm such a west wing fan and like the last four <laughs> years he's josiah bartlett has been in my head a lot like i'm gonna go and to that parallel little dimension where he's president instead right and seeing him play j edgar hoover who is like arguably the reason for a lot of the worst shit that happened in america for 50 years that was distressing lynchings were going on and it was the height of the cold war and he was saying that civil rights leaders were uh, the biggest threat to america so that says all you need to know about him i thought the makeup on him was a little distracting at times it was just kind of like dripping and a little overly horror movie the way they lit him, too. He had this weird lighting just for him where you're like, his eyes were glinty. And I was like, it did. It looked like he was the villain in some horror movie. I thought he was PG Psycho Goreman. He was going <laughs> to rip open. And <laughs> right. Yeah, they open on him in like a Citizen Kane kind of staging. Just a little sort of nitpicks here and there. At this point, I really do hope that Lakeith Stanfield and Kaluuya at least get nominated. I'm going to give this an eight and a half out of ten free breakfasts. 
Yeah, I think one of the only films this year that, for lack of a better term, Oscar-y, I'm not going to say Oscar bait because you're right, that's an epithet, and that indicates something like Green Book, where it's like, you know, it can be a good movie, but also it's a little much. Whereas Oscar-y is more like, okay, well, this is a film that deserves a serious look and a bunch of awards because it's that good and it's just on its surface. So I've only seen a few other films this year I thought were at that level, one of which was the first chapter of Small Axe on Amazon, which is is like a series of movies. And the first one of that is like, wow, that one punched me in the gut much in the same way that this did. And that's just it. This is a punch in the gut. It's powerful. It's incredibly well acted. It's a movie I'm going to come go back and watch again. Certainly, I'm going to go back and watch again. What a weird age we live in. The movie just came out and all the bonus features are right there on HBO. You can watch them right there. Like all the bonus features, you usually have to wait for the Blu-ray. They're there. Go ahead and watch them now. I haven't done it yet, so I got nothing. But I will say, yeah, I love this. I thought this was terrifically well done. It's just shy of being perfect. Just a little bit of stutters here and there that are typical from a, a director this young. In fact, what's atypical is that a director this young making a movie this good. So uh, I'm going to end up giving this nine firmly clenched fists in the air. Because this is, takes place towards the end of J. Edgar Hoover's career. It's like right towards the very end of his career when he's big and loathsome and fat and dripping jowls. He's Jabba the Hutt, basically. And I'm reading a book right now called Killers of the Flower Moon that Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio are right now making into a movie. That's a nonfiction book that takes place right when J. Edgar Hoover had been promoted to head of the FBI, when he's like 26 or 27, which is crazy. So I'm kind of like, yeah, weird. There are pictures of him in the book and he's like this young handsome guy with intense eyes i'm like disconnect and someday i too will go on and murder many many black people asshole it's like all of his sins just started to melt him <laughs> exactly <laughs> it was basically the end of raiders of lost ark except in super slow motion <laughs> <laughs>